Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. And I'm Carlos. And today we're doing a character analysis episode. Yay, I was really looking forward to have a character analysis. I'm excited too. This is I, f- I feel like this is one of my strengths, so I'm looking forward to, to doing it. Yeah, I am sure that you will enjoy that. And I, I think I'm going to enjoy it too. We are going to learn a lot about characters. Let's hope. Because this was kind of something we were playing with. We're kind of hoping that every fifth episode mm-hmm. will analyze one of the characters that we've probably hinted at or talked a little bit about in the previous episode. That's it, exactly. So, who are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Jinx. Yes, we are. We're talking about the character of Jinx and specifically just Jinx from the series Arcane. We're not going to be going into League of Legends or anything like that. We're just going to be talking about Jinx from the series. Yeah, I don't think that there's much we can say about her in League of Legends. You know, it's also we are not that deep into the lore of League of Legends. And it was like we were saying in our previous episode about animation and we were talking about Arcane. And it's really one of those series that you can enjoy without having any prior knowledge about League of Legends, the game, or anything to do with that world. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to read anything about it just to enjoy the series. So, Jinx. Jinx. Jinx is a very complex character, I think. uh, It's a really good character to start with this section of, you know, every fifth episode analyzing a, a character. I think it's a good starter for us. First of all, just for you to know, uh, people, if you are really interested for us to analyze a character, if you thought that any character could be interesting for us to take a look and talk about their personality, about how they work into narrative and all that stuff, feel free to write us at, at Nerding Deep, and we can always pick up those characters and try to give a brief analysis of, of them. Yeah, we're always open to your suggestions. So, Jinx, we are going to kind of like divide it in in two because it's what it makes sense, no? Her part of the childhood are her part teenager adulthood because her part of her childhood or when we are introduced to her, she is powder, she is not jinx. And talking about when she is introduced to her, what is just at the very beginning, first scene of the series when they are in that bridge, it's supposed that there has been a battle between Zaum and Piltover against the enforcers of Piltover. Yeah, there is a civil war. Exactly. And we have these two sisters, the one with the pink hair or violet hair, that it's Vi, and the one with the blue hair, that it's Powder. Well, in this case, they are searching for their parents because they cannot find them. And the first person they find is the leader of the Zaun rebels, we call them, uh, that it's Vander. Mm-hmm. And he, well, he is just uh, punching one of the enforcers. He points, uh, well, to the direction where Jinx parents, or Powder parents, sorry, Powder and Vice parents are. Of course, unfortunately, we see that Powder and Vice parents are dead. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty traumatic moment, not just to be children who have experienced a full-on war, but to see the dead bodies of your parents, mm-hmm. there's there's very little recovery from that. Yeah, I think that is very difficult to come from that. And just one of the first things I really noticed about this is that probably m- most people haven't realized about that. So at the beginning of the scene, Powder goes, goes walking, but she has her eyes closed because Vi doesn't want her to see all the violence. Mm-hmm. So they are kind of like 
singing, so Powder can feel more calm, uh, but she's crying all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's in the moment when they see their parents, when uh, Powder opens her eyes, in that moment, she's not crying anymore. It is Vi who starts crying and Powder just like hugs her leg or hugs herself again her, her leg in try to, trying to comfort her sister. Yeah, because I think in that moment, Vi was really trying to be a parental kind of protector role for, for Powder. But at the end of the day, Vi is still a child herself and seeing the bodies of her parents brings her back down to that child moment and, mm -hmm. and her emotions come out and Powder tries to comfort her sister she tries to be useful which is a big theme that we see throughout the show with with Powder uh -huh. slash Jinx. Yeah, first scene of the series and they already show you how these two sisters are gonna work right? Vi is supposed to be well, the, the strong one that is going to try to protect her small sister, smaller sister, her younger sister. But at the same time, we see that Powder also is going to try to support her sister or is, is going to try to comfort her. And as you said, this is something that we are going to see repeated and repeated and repeated once and again mm -hmm. through whole, all the episodes of Arcane, mostly. Yeah. I, it's a... A very poignant introduction to these characters and mm -hmm. we really see how what has happened to them affects how they grow as characters throughout the series. Mm -hmm. I wanted to point out something kind of like narrative theme before going... Is this a Carlos literature moment? <laughs> no, not literature 100%, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of like the how the character works. Uh, just because later we are going to develop our episode through... Jinx's personality or her evolution or or, or as her personality also as Powder. But I want you to think as the narrative point of the character, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember when in the first episode, in the episode about Thor and, and Loki, we were talking about active and passive characters? Oh yeah, I remember, but maybe for our listeners it might be good to remind them. Yeah, so for... Those of you that don't remember or haven't listened to the first episode... Which you uh, should totally go do. <laughs> yeah, probably. So passive characters are those that things happen to them and just the story moves around them and they just get the hits of the story or they just have a, well, a passive um, characterization and a yeah. passive action through the story. And active characters are the ones that make the story move on. Just for you, I want you to realize that in this case, we are talking about Powder and we are talking about Jinx. Both characters are already completely different. Powder, on her side, she's completely passive. Things happen to her. And Jinx, she's completely active. She makes things happen. But at the same time, when Powder tries to be active, when Powder tries to help, mm -hmm. when Powder tries to make the story move, what happens there? She fails. She fails. And that's another thing that is going to mark Powder's whole personality and Jinx's personality. That's why I think this narrative point is very important to mm -hmm. mark. Don't get me wrong. Everything that Powder does, she does is uh, everything from... It comes from good. Yeah, she is not a bad character. Uh, yeah, she's not, she's not a bad character. She's not a bad person. She tries to do things with the best intention. Mm. But every time that Powder tries to be active... 
that tries to do something to help her sister or any of her family yeah. members um things go bad things go bad for yeah. her and this is something that's really important because she kind of develops what's called in the in the therapy world a core belief she needs to be useful because if she's not she's abandoned but mm -hmm. we see throughout the series every time she tries to be useful it usually has deadly consequences to the people she loves mm -hmm. well deadly consequences or, or they are just gonna get mad at her like for example when she throws the backpack and well milos gets very angry at her yeah for example so everything uh, she thinks that if she fails it's gonna come a big backlash yeah so before we like really get into mm -hmm. it i just wanted to make the point that i am looking at powder slash drinks through the lens of my kind of therapist knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm not trained in diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But I will be giving some opinions on kind of what diagnoses might fit this character. Oh, yeah, because at the end, I imagine that you have, well, studied about symptoms or studied exactly. about... And so it's normal that you can put them into kind of like boxes or you can try to... You know. I don't like to put anyone in a box. I know, but... but... You, I get what you mean. Going back to when we f we mm -hmm. first kind of meet Fi and and Powder, what I, I've talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Homelander in mm -hmm. our antagonist episode, how important your early childhood is. Yeah, well, yeah, your early childhood and for developing a character focusing on the childhood is very important because there we are gonna have find their traumas, their dreams. You yeah. know what I mean, you know. And if we look at even just that first scene, we see Vi and Powder's world, mm -hmm. which at that young age, your world is your parents, is your family. Exactly. Yeah, taken away. It's completely taken away. And even Vander is going to be there, Vander is not going to be enough. Yeah, he's, a, he's kind of like their foster dad. And I'm not saying that adoptive or foster parents aren't parents. They absolutely are. But there's a lot of studies that show that these early abandonment scenarios mm -hmm. really do traumatize a child mm -hmm. and it really affects their development. And also a small thing to point out, I think it's important, is that through the series, at least we see it through the series, I don't know, behind the scenes. But what we see in the scenes is that Vander's interaction are most with Vi. Yeah. So Vander is more kind of like a figure uh, for Vi. And the figure for Powder, it's Vi. Yeah. So your figure is just your three years older sister. So it's not that a big parent figure, you yeah. know? But that's a really good point because what I wanted to say about mm -hmm. it is Jinx, Powder, anxiously attaches to Vi. Children who are anxiously attached usually have experienced abandonment. And I know what you're going to say. Valerie, their parents didn't abandon them. They died. It's not their fault. Well, yeah... Technically, they didn't abandon them. No, no, technically, I totally see the point. But in the psychological world, mm -hmm. a lot of people argue that death is the ultimate form of abandonment. Well, looking through that side, of course, again, I don't have psychological studies or anything like that. But yeah, looking at that way, yeah, they disappear from your life for sure. Yeah, they're taken away and it's not your, as in the child's choice that mm -hmm. they're gone. So it's abandonment. Yeah. This is why I think we see so much abandonment issues with Powder. Mm -hmm. But to kind of replace 
her parents, she attaches to the other positive kind of parental Mm -hmm. figure in her life which is her older sister which is why of course of course and we see her this need for attachment again later mm -hmm. when vi abandons powder in powder's eyes mm -hmm. she immediately attaches to the closest thing to her which is silko for powder her main fear is abandonment mm -hmm. she needs affection and attachment and she will take it from any source positive or negative and well, in this case, Silco gives it to her. Exactly. We also see what we call system-induced trauma. System-induced trauma. Yeah. So okay. a system can be something like your home, your family, your school, the justice system. All of those are systems. Uh -huh. Things that are supposed to be supportive, support networks mm -hmm. that fail you. Yeah. So you see this, um, it's it's quite a topic in Ireland over the last 20 years where people who go into residential facilities are abused in these facilities and come out with system-induced trauma. The, because they have been abused. Exactly. They mm -hmm. have been put in a support system that was supposed to be positive, but they were traumatized by yeah. it. We get this on a few levels with Powder and Vi. First of all, we see that scene where Vander's attacking an enforcer. And that's the first uh, scene that, and the first contact that we know that they have with Vander. Yeah, but we know enforcers are kind of the police. Yeah. And police should be a good positive support system. That's, that keeps yeah. you safe. Yeah. So she's been failed by them. Yeah. She's been failed by her parents because they died. Yeah, well, in her eyes, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and the kind of, the justice system continues to fail everyone mm -hmm. because there's that huge political landscape that we know of between Piltover and Zion. Yeah. Uh, so she's failed there. So she's constantly traumatized by the systems in her life. So we have that aspect of her. And this kind of abuse trauma can cause a feeling of powerlessness. Okay, so yeah, so uh, you can say that Powder feels powerless against, well, yeah. all these systems. She, I mean, she couldn't protect the people she loved. Mm -hmm. and well, when she tried also... And then when she tried, she failed. That's another, that's another point. But yeah, she, she grows up, I think, with this feeling of powerlessness that she hates. And that's why she, well, one of the reasons she has this inherent need to feel useful. Mm -hmm. She also has understandably separation anxiety in my opinion that means that if she goes far from by exactly like usually you would get separation anxiety in children when it comes to their parents you know i'm sure everyone's witnessed a toddler that when one of their parents leave the room they start screaming yeah yeah that's that's separation anxiety mm -hmm. that's very natural when you're like a baby that's what happens to dogs that yeah, they cry exactly. a lot when the when the owners yeah. go away but in children, generally, this is something you grow out of. Mm -hmm. You kind of learn to be separate and know that you'll be okay. Uh -huh. But this doesn't really happen to powder. To powder, she learns that being alone is dangerous. Oh, but in the even in the series, they show you what happens the first time that they show us that she's alone. She's in Jay's is Jay's apartment. 
uh, with the with the hex tech balls. Uh, I don't know. If I, it, I think it's in it, Vander's place uh, that she she. But she goes into a full on panic attack. No, but no, I mean when when they are robbing in the apartment. Oh, I the see, first yes. time that she's alone yeah. in that room. Yeah. It explodes. Yeah. Then the second time that she we saw see her alone, she's carrying the bag that she's supposed to protect, but again, she's afraid of that she's gonna get hurt, so she throws away the bag. Yeah. So I can get what you mean, saying that every time that she's alone, she thinks that think bad things are gonna happen because the first two scenes that they show us in Arcane that she's alone. Mm-hmm. But things happen. Yeah, scene I was mistaking there. Uh-huh. But I it, know which one you mean. But it's a very important one. When um when Vi and Milo and Clagger 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 when they decide to go and try and rescue Vander. Yeah, from Silco. Yeah. yeah. Vi tells Powder she has to stay because she's not ready. Mm-hmm. And even though Vi very sweetly kind of tries to comfort her and say it's not because she's a jinx. It's because she can't stand to lose someone else that she loves. Yeah. That doesn't really comfort Powder. You see her kind of lean into the the hand on the face and everything. But later, when she's alone, she goes into a full-blown panic attack. Yeah, panic attack completely. And thinking all the time, well, she has the kind of like these Milo drawings calling him a jinx and that... Breaking yeah. her toys or her whatever toys, you want. Which is really important because you see her hit her own head and then she starts to destroy her toys. Something she's made, something she's proud of. These are extensions of her. It shows her anger, her anger at herself. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, what she thinks is, I'm useless, so they've left me. I'm useless, I've been abandoned. Yeah. So that was a really important scene to kind of show just how hurt and how painful it is for powder to be left alone to be yeah. abandoned i imagine that she that in that moment she felt completely what you were saying you no know, useless yeah and this goes back to the the core beliefs it's reinforcing that belief that if she's not useful if she's not helpful she'll be abandoned mm-hmm. and then of course it goes on to well we know what happens next but go yeah. on <laughs> so she, you see in uh, in the same scene, she knocks over something, the ore falls out, and her eyes instantly light up. Yeah. Her panic ends because mm-hmm. she's found something that is useful. And she's going to be helpful. Yeah. But... Her first thing is, I can help them. That's her first thought. Yeah. And, well, then, for example, that's what we were saying before. She goes from a passive character that doesn't do anything mm-hmm. to an active one. You know, she tries to do something. She tries to help. Yeah, so she goes to help her family. She makes the the bomb and she sends it off and it explodes and she is ecstatic. She's delighted. She's like, oh my God, I've helped. And the the first thing she wants to do is to go to Vi and be like, look, this thing I did helped. And she's looking for praise from the one person she really looks up to. She's kind of like, I'm the MVP. Exactly. And then, you know, it doesn't work out. No. She looks for that praise. And like I said, that praise is so important. So for children, they need to learn from praise from their parents that they're good. They internalize that and that gives them that belief that they're good. So if you don't get that, if you only get negative reinforcement from your parents, you start to believe you're bad. Yeah, so uh, we, she, we could say that, sorry for interrupting here, but we could say here that 
of course, well, her parents are there. We were talking about the relationship with Bander. So at the end, what she's looking for her, her parent is, or the person that she wants to impress, it's Vi. Exactly. So that's and why she goes running to Exactly. Her. And she's super happy, but then she just faces a, a wall because it's not that Vi tells her, you have done it wrong or whatever. No, no. It's full on rage and even calling her a jinx. Yeah. Just like which Milo's is, been calling her. Which is even worse, because one thing is, no, your bomb has exploded and has killed everyone, which is already pretty bad, you mm. know. But no, 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 it's not that. It's just your only, well, not only, but your biggest contact, your 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 biggest support mm. turns on you and calls you a jinx, yeah. like Milo was doing, full on rage. Yeah, you have to think, how would it feel if all the worst things that you thought about yourself, the person you love the most in the world turned around and told you all those bad things. Yeah. And mostly when you are already insecure about that. Exactly. So, <laughs> and then of course, the worst thing that could, in Powder's mind, that could ever happen to her is Vi abandoning her. And even though the people watching the series know that Vi has done, which is the thing that would probably be re recommended, she's walked away to try to cool off because she realizes what she's doing is not good for Powder. Yeah, because she she only has turned off the corner, but she hasn't left. It's then when they uh, the one of the enforcers captures her. Yeah. But really, she hasn't run away, or that's what we... That's what we know. We know, but it's not what Powder knows. No, Powder, what she sees is Vi walking away and not coming back. No. So her worst fear is realized. Vi has abandoned her and it's confirmed everything, all the worst things she's ever thought about herself. Mm -hmm. So the next thing we've already kind of talked about is that she attaches to Silco because he's there. Well, he's there, but he also shows her some support. We yeah. know we one of the things that we know as as viewers is that we know that the first thought of Silco was to kill her. Because yeah. he goes with a knife. But I don't know if he seems himself re reflected in her. I think a little. You know, because at the end we know that it's a man that he would kill even a child because, you know, he threatens a child. Yeah. He even has threatened his own people with the gas or all that stuff. But at the end, I don't know what he sees in, in Powder, probably himself, what we were saying, that he just also embraces her and is when he tells her, we'll show them. Yeah. That, you know... And you see that look in her eye that's purple. Re really uh, purple, that's angry. Mm -hmm. um, and this is really important. This is a very common defense that people who have been abandoned and rejected in childhood do. Mm -hmm. They get angry. Their survival instincts kick in. Mm -hmm. And they get angry because they can't deal with the hurt that they're feeling. So it's, in Powder's case, it's... I'm going to be angry at you. She says, she's not my sister anymore. Yeah. Because she's rejecting her because she's been rejected. And she does this later again with Silco. So there's that scene with Silco when he's talking to the statue of Vander. Yeah. Where he's been given the offer that basically he can get everything he wants if he hands over Jinx. Yeah. And he has to sell her out. Exactly. And he's saying to the statue, because he knows Vander will understand because he was not only Powder's father figure, but Vi's. He's had daughters. He knows he'll understand that the comment he makes, which is, is there anything more undoing than a daughter? 
Jinx hears this, not realizing the context. Yeah. And thinks context that, is important. Context is very important. But yeah. She she sees this as him saying he's going to trade her in. Mm-hmm. And he, she does the exact same thing as she did with Vi in that that moment when she was with Silco when she was Powder, which is turn that hurt into anger. And she starts thinking of how he, she's going to prove him wrong and kind of teach him a lesson. Yeah. So we have dealt with Powder now, early childhood. Mm-hmm. Maybe we come to her a little bit in our... As we look uh, back. Yeah. But yeah, you have jumped a little bit forward to Jinx. Yeah. So I think that it's better to go to Jinx, which is that alter ego. I wouldn't say second personality because it's not... No, and a lot of people have said, like, does she have DID or alternative personality disorder? And I would disagree with this. Yeah, the, I don't feel that this is something similar to, well, Moon Knight, for yeah. example. Yeah. I, I don't think that Powder and Jinx are two people in one character. No, and I think that's a mistake that's commonly made um, because Jinx chooses... Jinx because she can't go back to Powder, not because Powder is another personality she doesn't have access to. Powder is her childhood. We can't go back to childhood. And when we were children, we were one way and probably now we are another. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, things like DID, the switches in personality are not chosen. You can't choose to switch into your personalities, whereas, you know, Jinx isn't overcome by Powder. Powder isn't overcome by Jinx. You know, they're the same person. Mm-hmm. There, There's no... There's a choice there. Uh-huh. So if I was to give Jinx a diagnosis... Okay, let's go. Uh, if you had to give Jinx a diagnosis, what would you think it is? So I would give her a double diagnosis. Double? Yeah. Okay. So I would give her PTSD... PTSD. So, um, post traumatic stress disorder. Stress well disorder. Um, so something. Half, <laughs> half of it. Half a point. And I'd also go with paranoid schizophrenia. I think, you know, most of the people that could, that is listening now, maybe that they don't have psychological background, they may think, oh, yeah, that suits. But for some people, that is like, okay, what is really paranoid schizophrenia? Because some people may think, Oh, yeah, that suits, but just because that sounds good. Yeah. Like, I would say that. Oh, yeah, that suits, <laughs> but maybe I don't know exactly what would involve. Yeah, so paranoid schizophrenia has a few symptoms. Most of them are hallucinations. Okay. Uh, delusions. Okay. Erratic, irregular behavior. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting ones, well, two of the interesting ones, I think they show well with Jinx, whether it was intentional or not, is that they can have kind of erratic, kind of childish behaviors. Uh-huh. And you see that with, with Jinx a couple of times. A couple, yeah. Playful. And, and then some the other thing, it, and again, it's not a symptom that's talked about a lot, is they can have really kind of unnatural body movements. Uh, oh, well, and she moves sometimes kind of like unnaturally. Yeah, yeah. like you see her head kind of twist in, yeah. in weird ways and her shoulders go down. And like, mm-hmm. I, and that was a, a characterization of Jinx even in the games. So yeah. like, I think that that's a quite an, uh, a cool mm-hmm. portrayal that they've done. One, one of the questions that I have mm-hmm. is just to try to understand more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in media, not talking Jinx, media, when you are talking about schizophrenia, mm-hmm. you always connect schizophrenia with violence. Mm. Jinx is very violent too. 
but is this a trait that comes with schizophrenia or not? Sorry, guys, if we have gone a little bit too, but it's just to understand a little bit more the character. So what you have to understand about schizophrenia is the person that is suffering from it, their hallucinations and delusions are terrifying to them mm -hmm. and they completely believe them. Like yeah. if their hallucination is telling you their jumper is purple, but we see it as green, mm -hmm. they're not going to believe us. They're going to believe the hallucination because they're that real to them. Yeah. So to answer your question, schizophrenics generally are not violent. Okay. So they, they don't want to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. What you might find sometimes is that if the hallucinations are telling someone with schizophrenia that, say, I, I was suffering yeah. from it. And my hallucinations were telling me that you were trying to hurt me. You are going to try to defend yourself. Yeah, because you, you Because you, try, you trust your hallucinations. Exactly. So. Jinx is a violent character, but it's not because of her schizophrenia. It's because she is brought up in a very violent environment. Well, yeah, that we know. Zaun is, com is in conflict all the time. When Vander was there, is in conflict. When Silco is there, is in conflict. Yeah, so I, I, it's one of the things I think that Arcane maybe didn't clarify well enough mm -hmm. that she's violent because of her, her environment, not because of her potential mental disorder. And I know that there are some people who suffer from schizophrenia that watch the series and were a little disappointed that people who don't know about it would maybe take away that schizophrenics are violent. Not only with Arcane, you know, but I could see why some people could think about that if we think on the portrayal on the media, on the media, you know. Yeah. And and I think it's really good to highlight what you were highlighting, you know, that it doesn't come with that, that w there are some reasons behind that. And it's not uh, the schizophrenia that makes Jinx violent, but the background with yeah. everything that surrounds her. Mm -hmm. And of course, maybe she can be prone to that violence also because of other stuff. But yeah. Because also, it's not about the schizophrenia and all that stuff. It's, she has a very traumatic background. Mm -hmm. you, you also said PTSD. Yeah. So, And we do see evidence of her PTSD. There's a scene when she's in her workshop trying to figure out how the orb works. And she's talking to her hallucinations of Milo and Clagger. Mm -hmm. And um, she gets it to sort of work. It at least starts up and there's like not quite an explosion, but a little bit of an explosion. And that mini explosion brings her right back to that memory of the explosion that killed the, uh, Milo and Parker yeah. and Vander. It's, this is the thing with PTSD. When you're suffering from an episode of it, you can't establish that you're not back in that past episode. She thinks she's there. Yeah. You see her say, it was a mistake, it was a mistake, it was a mistake. And that's because she's right back in there. She can't see that she's safe and not in that environment. Yeah. But going back to the schizophrenia, if there's one thing I want people to take away from it is, yes, there can be violent schizophrenics out there. The vast majority of them are not violent. And if they are, it's in fear and defense. They are not, they don't really want to hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. They're ill, and I think that was another thing maybe the schizophrenic community were a little disappointed in as well, is that maybe maybe it was clear for some, but maybe not for others, but 
it's not made very clear that Jinx is unwell. Yeah. No, it's not made really clear. And it, sometimes it looks like, oh, look how cool is this character, which happens sometimes with Harley Quinn, that yeah. they are... They are characters that have, not saying that Harley Quinn has schizophrenia, it's just that they are similar characters, they have some similarities. There's an argument for her having schizophrenia. I know, but we are not going to go with Harley Quinn now. What I mean is that they have some similarities and some people would say, oh, look how cool Jinx is because of does this and that, but maybe you shouldn't portray that as, you know, No, she's just, you know, lol, random, crazy. That's yeah. not it. She, like, yeah, that's what some people would say. Yeah, obviously, like I said earlier, I'm not trained in diagnosis, but I think it's pretty obvious that she is suffering mm-hmm. from something and that she is mentally yeah. ill. To, to kind of move yeah. on from yeah, that, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, we went a little bit dense. <laughs> Maybe a little bit A dense. little bit too much nerding in the deep. Yeah. Let's go a little bit to the surface. Yeah. Any, anything that kind of sticks out for you before I go on about... Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I want to say about narrative, because I think that here the Arcane's screenwriters were very brave. The most common thing or the easiest path that they could have taken here when Powder is abandoned and becomes Jinx is to create hatred. Jinx is going to hate Vi because Vi abandoned Powder. Mm-hmm. That's... The easy path. Yeah, lazy writers. Yeah, (laughs) and and that's what they make you believe because uh, when she's fighting against, I call the, no, Fireflies are from the Last of Us, from the, well, the Echoes gang. I I forgot the name. (laughs) It was something similar to Fireflies, but they weren't Fireflies. Anyway, uh, when she's fighting against them, she sees a girl that resembles Vi Mm -hmm. and she shoots to kill. So... In her head, Vi is not alive. Vi is, you know, missing action. On a glance, you may think Jinx hates Vi. But then the first thing that Jinx does when she really listens that Vi is alive, mm-hmm. it's she, she becomes hopeful. Yeah. Hope comes to her. She even tries to get um, the blue flare because it's what she has to light for Vi to come to her. Mm-hmm. And... To be honest, the first thing that they do when they see each other, finally, when Jinx sees that Vi, that her sister, is there, is they hug. Yeah. Because at the end, Jinx, or Powder, Jinx in this case, because Powder was the child, Mm. Jinx loves her sister. Jinx loves Vi. And that's very, very beautiful screenwriting because they made you thing that she hates her but when the real Vi is there they show you that she loves her then she turns because of course then she sees Caitlyn and they may and she may think that she has been replaced mm. or that she doesn't have space anymore or that she only can survive herself with her sister she only wants things as they were when she was a little mm-hmm. uh, sorry a child so that's when things get twisted yeah, Caitlyn is a risk for Jinx. So I also think that there's a little bit of misdirected anger towards Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. So you see this sometimes, especially with children, where they love their parent. Mm-hmm. That's never in question. But they can also be really angry with them. Yeah. 
Yeah, that happens. I mean, that happens, especially if they have been very badly hurt, like in cases of rejection and abandonment. But what some people, even adults, I deal with this all the time, is that they can't acknowledge loving and being angry with one person mm-hmm. at the same time. So what I think Jinx does with Caitlyn is what's called splitting. So she can't handle that she's angry at Vi for abandoning her, but also loves her because th- that's her parent. Yeah, really. they, those are very two conflicting emotions. They're, they're too conflicting. She can't handle that. So she puts all of her anger and splits it into Caitlyn. So Caitlyn becomes the risk. In her head, for Jinx, Caitlyn's what's wrong. They could be together. Jinx and Vi could be together if it wasn't for Caitlyn. Caitlyn is the problem. That's why we we see her have a schizophrenic episode in front of that mirror where the voices are kind of telling her that Caitlyn's a problem. She's like trying to remember her name and stuff. And you, see, uh, I think that um, one of the really beautiful yet haunting artistic choices uh, um, that they make in Arcane are these kind of scribbly childish drawings. Yeah. We see them pop up when Jinx isn't mentally all there. Yeah. Going back actually a little bit. Mm-hmm. So just to go back to schizophrenia a little bit, there's there's arguments on what causes it. I won't get into them now because that's not what the discussion yeah. is. But... A lot of people believe it's, uh, if we go with the nature-nurture debate, that it's something that you can get genetically. You, yeah. can, you can be prone to it genetically. If you look back in those first scenes with Powder and Vi, you see some of these little drawings in that first scene. You see little X's on the eyes of the bodies and stuff like that. And I do wonder... I thought that it was more because it's seen on the eyes of a child but now i do wonder if it could be what is you that, are is that the first signs is the first she, hints that she's you know schizophrenia doesn't just happen yeah. you know so yeah. i'm wondering if those are the, well, the that's, first signs that's very very interesting i would like to have uh, more opinions on that yeah yeah going back to caitlin though mm-hmm. it's like you said caitlin is a risk and for for jing there's no room for caitlin in her relationship with Vi. It's one or the other because she is so traumatized by the past abandonment. She won't risk anything coming in the way of the two. So even if Caitlyn was to accept the two of them as in Jinx and Vi now and want to mm-hmm. be okay with it and stuff, Jinx still sees her as a potential threat in the future. Mm-hmm. So there can be no Caitlyn. Okay. And that's why in that scene around the, the table, she's trying to get Vi to to kill Caitlyn because she's the biggest risk to her in that moment. That makes a lot of sense. Probably that's that scene around the table is one of the scenes that has more weight in the whole story. There are a lot of good scenes, but we are talking more about, you know, Jinx. And I think that that scene in general... It's it's very powerful. It, uh, it is. I think it's really well done. Yeah, it's really well done. It's really powerful. You have to look at it several times. You have to rewatch it if you want to catch all the small details that are in that scene. Yeah. Let's go in. The, let's go deep into that one. Okay. Uh, we have there. Uh, we could say three main characters. Mm-hmm. 
Three, no. I'm lying completely. We have four. I was wondering if you just weren't counting Caitlyn as a main character. <laughs> I, 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 I miss I miss Caitlyn. So we have Caitlyn, we have Vi, mm-hmm. we have Silco, mm-hmm. and then we have Jinx that, well, has two chairs. Mm-hmm. One chair for the child powder mm-hmm. and the other chair for Jinx. Yeah. In that situation, kind of like Jinx is talking to her sister because the other two are there but are more viewing at least are are more like spectators of what is gonna happen they are and that's a very interesting thing both silco and caitlin are gagged they can't speak Uh uh-huh their mouths are yeah and i think that one of the reasons that that is the case is that jinx wants to be convinced to go with vi to to trust vi she she really wants that but she knows Silco and Caitlyn can can trigger her to going to the other way. And I think that's why Vi is the only one that's given the opportunity to speak. So you think that this is never... The scene that they, they show us at the beginning is just like choose between Powder and Jinx. But you think that it's nothing like that. Well, no, it's not. It's nothing like that. It's just I think that it's not... The way the scene is done might make you think that Jinx wants Vi to convince her to sit in the powder chair. Mm -hmm. There's no going back to powder. Powder is a child. So Jinx knows that she is never gonna... Jinx knows she's not powder. Mm -hmm. That's in her past. I think what she really wants in that moment is for Vi to tell her that she can sit in the Jinx chair and she'll love her anyway. Yeah. She wants that acceptance because Jinx is Jinx. That that's who she is. Yeah. And she wants Vi to love her for that. Yeah, I I get that. And we have of course another big piece in in that table. Mm-hmm. We have Silco. Mm-hmm. That surprisingly we haven't talked much about him, but I think that Silco is one of the biggest characters in this story. Not talking only about his his paper in 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 Jinx's life, mm-hmm. uh, but also because he's, well, kind of like he can be seen as the villain of the story. But talking about his relationship with Jinx, uh, he this father, father-daughter relationship. And that's exactly what it is. And I think that is proven by Silco without even thinking about it, not considering for a second to give up Jinx. Well, and also, uh, I think that there's a very... Like, there's a lot of people that think that there's kind of like a weird dynamic there, that sometimes there's even, they there's some people that said that there's even sexual tension between Silco and Jinx. To be honest, I think that those are probably stereotypes that we see from the outside. Those are signs yeah. that we see from the outside, because for me, they have, not the, I'm not going to say they have a healthy daughter-father relationship. That's mm. not what I'm saying. He's not going to win father of the year. No. But I am I I truly believe that Silco loves Jinx and not only as a pawn or as an useful tune, but as a daughter. Because first of all, you said he doesn't want to give her mm-hmm. to the enforcers. Second of all, when she gets hurt, mm-hmm. she uh, he goes to, to Singe mm-hmm. for her to... You know, he goes... Very scared. It's one of the only moments that we see. Because Silco never loses his temper. No. Never. 
he loses his temper once that he gets very mad and in that moment when he has to you know when jinx may die mm -hmm. and he has to ask Sinch, please do whatever you can do to to heal her yeah he's panicked of course it's it's a father watching his daughter die he will do anything to prevent that from happening even injecting her with shimmer something he knows to be bad for people mm -hmm. But, which is another interesting point when it comes to a potential uh, schizophrenia diagnosis. Because if you think of anyone on a hallucinogenic drug, it's in the term hallucinogenic hallucinations. Mm -hmm. So you so can make a schizophrenia worse. Exactly. You have to, like, and especially the amount of shimmer that they inject into her. Because we're taught throughout the series that even a little bit of shimmer can make you go nuts. Yeah. So the amount they pump into her, that's going to make her schizophrenic symptom symptoms a million times worse. Mm -hmm. Which we see happening. Yeah, especially we see happening. in this, these scenes around the table. We see that happening. So now I, I we have a big elephant on the room. Ooh. We have a big question. If... Their relation, because I also think that Jinx loves Silco. Mm. So it's actually quite a sweet relationship in a very weird way. In a very weird way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it like I, again, father of the year <laughs> or anything. But yeah, but if there's love or some love there, why is at the end Silco getting killed by Jinx? Why you think that happens? Why you think that that's how that scene around the table ends? So I 100% do not think she intends to do it. Okay. So... So, first of all, we say it's unintentional. No, she does not want to kill Silco. She mm -hmm. loves Silco. Like I said, it's a father-daughter relationship. And he is the only person we see um, in, in the series after kind of Powder becomes Jinx. Mm -hmm. That accepts Jinx 100% completely for who she is. Yeah, that's true. He calls her perfect. Yeah. That's, if, if you're going to cry at any moment, that's the moment that you cry. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to your question, the reason that, that Silco gets shot is because, in my opinion, so it starts with Vi trying to convince Jinx that, you know, we'll run away, we, we can leave here together, just the two of us, but the voices in Jinx's head are telling her, no, she's lying. And then Silco is also saying, no, she's lying. So this kind of kickstarts a really bad uh, psychotic episode. We we see Vi noticing this. We see Silco noticing this. But the big difference between Vi and Silco is that Vi's been missing for a long time. She doesn't know how bad Jinx can get. She doesn't know what's happening to Jinx, whereas Silco does. Could you say that... In some ways, the story is telling you what to do and what not to do. A little bit. When someone is had, having a psychotic... Because we have two people yeah. acting in two different ways. Yeah, so you have the side of Vi who thinks she's helping by reminding Jinx of all the people that have loved her. So she says, remember Milo, remember Clagger, remember Vander, remember me. And she thinks this will help her remember that she's loved and will bring her back. But what Vi is actually doing is hurting Remember Jinx. all the people that you have killed. Basically, it. She's, it, what Jinx is, is remembering is the the faces of the people she has hurt and killed. Mm -hmm. um, trauma, trauma. And the scene is beautifully done. You see those, again, those very childish, scary drawings kind of 
enveloping Jinx and scaring her and she's completely out of control. And then you see Silco, the other side, who sees what's happening. So as any father would, he wants to protect his daughter. He knows that it's Vi hurting her um, mm-hmm. by naming out all these people. So he gets that, you know, you hear about it all the time. When parents see their children in danger, they get this rush of adrenaline and this super strength. So yeah. he's able to get out of his chair yeah. and reach for the gun. He wants to shoot Vi because Vi is the one hurting, hurting Jinx. Jinx. But then Jinx loses control. You see it when she picks up the gun and just starts randomly firing the glassiness in her eyes. She's not there. That's not Jinx. She really doesn't know what she's doing. And she just fires and Silco's in the way. And that's Mm. why Silco dies. It's a very tough moment. And and I hope that a lot of people has learned how deep this goes. Because when we talk about series, about books, about characters, there are a lot of theories, there are a lot of situations that, of course, we as audience, we create in our head. Sometimes it wasn't there in the heads of the, you know, screenwriters and all that stuff. If you think about it, it is very deep, all those moments, and how important every single detail Mm -hmm. here is, how deep it can go if you check everything to explain all the reactions, all Mm -hmm. the situations. Vi, as a normal person, as a person without training in this situation, she is doing what she thinks is the best. Mm -hmm. And... Personally, being completely honest, 100% with you, probably it's the same I would do. Or, or the same a lot of people does when someone has a panic attack saying, oh no, don't worry, it will go away, mm. don't worry, nothing happens, don't worry, uh, remember this. Or even when someone is sad, uh, someone says, oh yeah, but well, at least you are not in Africa, at least you are here, you, you have a house, or at least you have money, or at least you have a job. Yeah, but there are things that run deeper yeah. than that and that's maybe you are just showing the tree when there, when there is a forest behind and mm. that's what happened exactly with this scene exactly like Vi like you said is not a mental health professional mm-hmm. it's also like I said earlier they don't make it maybe clear enough how mentally ill Jinx is mm-hmm. There are professionals who can help bring someone out of a psychotic episode um, when they're suffering with schizophrenia. But the average person... As far as we know, there cannot, are no professionals in that table. There's no professional. Like she, I know, and I'm sure even Silco probably knew that what that Vi had the best intentions. Just like Jinx always has the best intentions. Oh, yeah. But they landed up hurting her yeah. instead. Well, and then, well... Everyone know how the first season of Arcane ends, but... Yeah, it's, uh, I think, when Jinx has realized what she's done and you have that really sweet moment where, again, you just, you see really how much Zilko loves Jinx. His first thought as he's dying, not to blame Jinx or anything. His concern is making sure she's okay, that she doesn't blame herself, that um, she knows that she is allowed to be accepted the way she is and that's his priority which is it's a very very sweet moment and then of course jinx with her need to be useful well she has to be useful but not to buy anymore now it's to the memory of her recently deceased 
father. father. So she carries out his wishes and, um, well, sets everything Bang. on fire. <laughs> but there's also a moment where Jinx kind of turns to buy and it's kind of their last interaction before she walks away. And I really think in that moment, Jinx feels that Vi, after everything Jinx has done, Vi can't love her. And that mm -hmm. it's not... There's no way back. It's going to be, from what I've seen anyway, and of course playing League of Legends as well, it's not going to be Jinx with Vi. It's going to be Jinx versus Vi. Yeah. And I don't think it's because Jinx hates Vi. I think she's accepting that Vi can't love her. Or accept and kind her of as she is. Yeah, I, I get that. Which is very sad. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh yeah, but you can see that no one is accepting Jinx anymore because even Echo says to Vi that Powder is gone. Even Powder is in the mural they are painting, mm. kind of like this girl is gone, is not there yeah. anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Oh well, we. I'm really looking forward for season two. Me too. Yeah, uh, to learn more about Jinx, Vi and... Well, to see what has happened after, because we don't know what happens after that rocket hits. So. Yeah, I mean, we can we can make our guesses, but I'm really really looking forward to seeing what they what they do with this. But yeah, that that was our analysis on Jinx. Yeah. Let us know if you like these kinds of episodes, mm -hmm. and like we said at the beginning, if there's any characters that you would like us to analyze in the future, let us know. Yeah. For now, our intention is to go every five episodes, so this is the episode number five, of course. But um, we'll try to do another character on episode number ten. You have. Well, if we release an episode every two weeks, you have 10 weeks to decide if you want. Well, speaking of that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, we won't be releasing an episode on the 18th of September. But we have a very good reason. Yeah, we have a very good reason because we are getting married. Woo! <laughs> so... Go into the chapel. <laughs> Except we're not going for going yeah, to a chapel at but, all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that means that, of course... Uh, we are going to be very busy and unfortunately we are not going to be able to uh, record the new episode on, on September. But we're going to we, make it up to you guys. Yeah, we have good news. Halloween is close and we like our horror movies, our horror Love series, horror games. horror games. That means that the 2nd of October, we are going to try, uh, try to start our spooky month. Yes, we're having October releases as our spooky month. We'll be uh, releasing episodes to do with scary games, yeah. scary movies and series. So if there's anything that you would like us to cover, mm -hmm. go to our Twitter at Nerding Deep and make your suggestions. We have some plans in mind, but we're still really looking forward to hearing your suggestions. Yeah, perfect. We are, you know, we can always change stuff. If you give us suggestions, we will happily read them and then we'll, we'll see what we can do. And, you know, you might get us onto something new. Maybe. I hope you can forgive us for <laughs> our our absence. Like I said, we have a good reason. Yeah. But we're really excited for Spooky Month and we're really excited for you to join us with it. We'll see you on the 2nd of October. Until the 2nd of October. This has been Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. I'm Carlos. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>